Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Kings of the Heart. I am Tariq Omari Walton, joined by my partner, Dr. John Hart. Dr. John! How you doing, baby? How, How you doing, that? man? What's going man, on with you, man? Can't complain. Well, you know, still out there trying to save marriages, relationships. And how's you know, it going for you? Man? It's, it's going well, one day at a time. Uh-huh. You know, uh, what was it? Today, Tuesday? Yesterday was a rough uh, evening. A slew of couples. What was, what was the, the latest struggle, man? Latest struggle? Um, I mean, there's a lot going on with... Um, Trying to express vulnerability. I mean, that's that's still an issue. It's like a constant, isn't it? It's constant, brother. Right. I mean, it's still a constant. I think the other thing is um, trying to understand uh, that relationships grow over time. Mm-hmm. So when you met, you're technically not the same person per se. Then right. ten years later, right? So you can't have the same expectations exactly. that you had before. So right. we got to communicate. We got to do all that stuff. Right. So that's what I've been up to. You know. What about what about some of the issues going on inside the household? You know, people are people sharing chores and are they taking responsibility for their own home or yeah i mean that's really, always depend on somebody else doing all the work for them i mean that's a really good point i think shared you know responsibilities are always a common theme that comes up for couples right mm-hmm. what is equity in the household right right for partners right. right right how much is enough for someone who's a neat freak versus someone who's a little bit you know laissez-faire on the cleaning right right and when they don't happen like how do we solve those problems mm-hmm. right like how do we get back to baseline right so i mean that's a really good point but share responsibilities is always a big deal now of course you know finances always come that's up. a big one that's always big one. coming stay coming up well, let's not get too deep in it right now because i want to introduce our guests as we get into the topic of specifically we're talking about right there yeah gender roles exactly and breaking down gender roles provider roles uh, masculinity how it right, all plays right. into each other right. and so what i want to do is first introduce the guest to my left miss esther boykins welcome 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 how you guys doing? Doing, doing fine. Well. Doing Great fine. to have you. Yes. <laughs> and then we also have Sonja Davis. Hey, hey Sonja, how are you? Good. How are you guys doing? Yeah, we're doing great. We Thanks have you here, so we're doing really well. Thanks for having me. And calling all the way in from the West Coast. West Coast in the house. <laughs> we have Dr. Jeffrey Souter. Dr. Jeffrey, how are you doing, my man? I'm good. Nice to hear from you all. Hey, man. Glad to have Y'all you here. Y'all should come to the day. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll try to do a show out there. Try to do it in person. And make sure we have you on again for that one. Yeah. All right. So, so guys, since we have you here, you know, what we want to do is talk about um, gender roles, yeah. which is something that we find is often a issue with couples. Um, so, you know, from your standpoint, can you give us like a little definition of what gender roles are hmm. to you, Esther? So to me... I tend to think about gender roles as being sort of the stereotypical ideas of what a man and a woman are supposed to do mm-hmm. in the relationship. Mm-hmm. So both, I mean, you start to talk about like at home, mm-hmm. who handles what, right. who handles money, mm-hmm. but also expectations about how you take care of your partner based on y- your gender in the relationship. Right, right, right. Um, Dr. Jeffrey, you know, for you, I know you've dealt with some, you, you focus a lot on um, LGBTQ issues. You know, mm-hmm. where do gender roles fall when you're talking about same-sex couples? Mm-hmm. Uh, gender roles tend to fall in along the same lines as um, what you would consider like more traditional gender roles, right? Like, so you right. have sort of some of the... Um, some of the notions and beliefs around like women are supposed to behave a certain way and men are supposed to behave a certain way. And I think those things are still um, very much present amongst queer relationships as well. Right. Mm -hmm. But there also tends to be a little more fluidity between those, um, those couples where, you know, um, masculinity and femininity can be like equally shared. Um, 
you know, um, and it really just depends on like what type of environment the couple is in, right? Like, so are they in a community that is more accepting or affirming of their relationship? And if so, then that allows them a lot um, more freedom to sort of like present however they need to, right? Mm -hmm. Versus like being somewhere where um, they have to be like protective in um, order to ensure their safety, right? Right, right. No, it definitely seems like, you know, Dr. Jeffrey, what you're describing is um, even to a certain extent what, you know, heterosexual couples go through as well. It's living in a community where if everyone on the block, the man is handling, you know, the finances and, you know, and, and the female partner is, you know, handling, you know, the chores or anything like that. Like, it seems that those community, those those many macro level um, ideals um, do spill over into the households, even for the LGBTQ community as well. Is that correct? I would say, yeah. And the only reason I say yes is because like those are the, that's, that's sort of what we're raised with. Right. right. Like we're exactly. not you know, like we didn't, well, at least for me, right. Like I don't know about many other people. I didn't have, um, I didn't see a lot of queer relationships when I was younger. Hmm, right? right. So right, I don't right. have any other models to sort of mimic, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's a good point. Yeah. Um, Sanjay, when you think about um, different gender roles, how can you break those up? You know, when you think about what gender roles are, what are different categories that they kind of fall under? So when we talk about gender roles, um, I I study more of the dating world. Mm-hmm. And, okay. and so um, there's this huge controversy right now about gender roles. And, um, and so... <laughs> Um, so breaking up gender roles into the categories per se is very difficult because um, you have so many dynamics that people are dealing with um, in regards to trying to figure out what their role is in Mm -hmm. a relationship Um, even what their role is when you go out on the first date so Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. so we're we're in this strange dynamic right now in society Mm -hmm. of trying to figure out what gender roles are um for on a date first date i mean one of the biggest issues that i find you know people talk about is who pays for the first date Mm -hmm. um this whole dutch thing and you know um (laughs) is there something wrong with that so for me i am a free spirit okay okay i i don't really ascribe to a lot of the old-fashioned gender roles Mm -hmm. but there are certain things i do ascribe to and i had a conversation with a gentleman i had a date recently Mm -hmm. and we were talking about um how he had to come to the understanding of it was his role to pay for the first date Mm -hmm. um i remember i went on a date one time and the guy said dutch and i'm like what what's that word like i don't know what that is Um, and so i was like oh is that what we're doing Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, no, I'm sorry. So I, I um, come from a family, military family, and mm-hmm. my grandfather took care of my grandmother. Her role was to take care of the house. He'd been in the military since he was 17 years old. So he didn't know how to cook. He didn't know how to clean. He didn't know how to do anything. Mm-hmm. So they, uh, he, he, you know, he knew that he had to be provider. And so that's the clear point right there, too, mm-hmm. when you say take care of her, because she's obviously taking care of him, too. Exactly. And so if he's right. taking care of her, taking care of her half. So he's prov- in terms he of playing pro- the provider role. Correct. Right. And she definitely took care of him because 
you know, he, she did all the other stuff that he didn't know how to do. Right. Um, and we would always say, well, I hope when they get older, you know, she goes before him because he's, right. he's going to struggle. <laughs> mm-hmm. But um, and unfortunately, my grandmother did pass before him. And so mm-hmm. but he's doing OK. Like, okay. you know, so right. he, he, he had to learn some things. He still struggles with the cooking thing. But, you know, <laughs> but, I, I, you know, I send him a little blue apron thing right. every now right. and then, you know. So but um, I come from the, that idea. Mm-hmm. But what we're facing, though, in our society is that um, there are a lot of people who didn't grow up with that model. Right. And just like what Jeffrey was saying, you know, not having a model for the LGBTQ community. Right. So a lot of people don't are not. Um, they don't have a model of two parents or sure. two, you know, the, uh, 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 two, two adults in the house right. doing things. They're coming from single parent homes. I, my mother was a single parent, mm-hmm. um, but had I had I not had my grandparents, I wouldn't have known or understood sure. what my role was sure. as a woman. Sure. You know, so I I see that a lot of young people are struggling trying to figure out what they're supposed to do. Right. Right. And I think there's something to be said too about just that things have cha- times have changed. They have. That's what I was just and about so to bring up. Even yeah. if you had that model, like mm-hmm. let's take your grandparents as an example. Like even if you grew up with that model. Well, probably if you are, you know, the likelihood is that you also now have a career. Like, you don't live the life that she lived, right? And exactly. men typically don't have the experience that your grandfather had. And so I think exactly. that that is equally challenging because for a lot of people, if you did have a model, you have an, an outdated model. And so how yeah. do you some redefine that it's role? A, it, Yeah, some would say that's an outdated model. But I've been, I guess, I've been lucky in my dating life that, you know, most of the guys I've gone out with, Sure. Or, you know, understand that, you know, I'm the provider here. Sure. And so I'm never, so when the one guy that I ever went out with is said right. Dutch, I'm like, what? Yeah. You know? well, so I was like, oh, yeah, this ain't going to work. Right, you know, right, like, right. so, um, but so we do, and, and that's, I think, a, a, a glitch in, in the whole matrix as far as dating for a lot of young people because women do have their careers and they're financially stable and they, you know, tend to sometimes ha- make more money than the of guy. Of course, of course. But I think when I explained this to this person I was having a conversation with, I think for women, I, and I know for me, I don't expect for you to make a million dollars. Like, you know, you don't have to be a six-figure guy. But what I do expect is that you are able to take care of yourself, that you are able to be independent upon, you know, upon yourself and show, and show me <laughs> that you're independent. Right. And so, um, and if we decide, you know, to date further, then we can discuss, yeah. you know, who's going to pay right, for the next date right. or whatever. But I need you to take charge on that first date to show me that you understand that your role is to be, you know, to contribute. Right. And right. One one of the things I was thinking as you both were talking is when we think about gender roles, right, we sometimes think that it's just a set in stone set of expectations, ideals. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I want to throw out there to the group is, okay, how does flexibility of gender roles work? And at what point do we need to adjust? Right. Is it contextual? Is it at the individual level? But, you know, help us to understand, you know, for all three of you guys, we love to pick your brain on. How does gender roles work primarily in today's society when there's more flexibility than ever, as you were talking about? I think so much of it is about communication. It's about it's having those being capable of having those conversations. And part of it means 
did I have I spent any time thinking about what I want? You know, for me, uh, that's a good point. I also want that's a really I, good point. My expectation is, yeah, if I go on a first date, if you ask me out, I expect you to pay. Like, <laughs> that, mm-hmm. what are we doing here? No, I right. don't want to go. I go Dutch with my friends when we <laughs> do this together. Right. But conversely, if I see somebody and I act, if I ask you on a date, I show up on the date expecting to pay, and I'm okay, okay. with that. Right. You know, but that's my dynamic, and sure. everybody's allowed to have their own. Of course rules around that but if you haven't thought about it then you're not even prepared to enter into conversation and i think that point. in particular for men because i think one of the challenges is that we've spent more energy helping women for good reason <laughs> redefine what our roles are mm-hmm. That's um, a really because good point. there's so much struggle to right. be, you know to break out of these old models but we've not really given young men in particular good point a lot of education around like yeah okay, so then what's your role exactly. here, right? Like, if she makes enough that she can buy her own dinner, mm-hmm. then why does she want you to pay? What is the expectations? And as you move into relationships, what is it that you bring to the table? And I think that's a big part really of good point. how do you have the conversation about what gender roles are going to look like. Yeah. What about, what about you, um, Dr. Jeffrey? What are your ideas in terms of, you know, when it comes to dating and, you know, especially uh, within the that community, what, what, you know, how do you decide? Are there conversations that I had beforehand? You know, are there expectations that no. are already? How does how does that actually play nah, out? I, you know, it that would that would require folks to sort of like, you know, think and talk about, you know, what their expectations are in general as it as it um, <laughs> in terms of like a relationship. And I, I don't think that just happens. Mm-hmm. I, I just don't think that happens a lot. Um, but I know, like in my work with couples and my work with. Um, straight African-American adolescent boys and stuff mm-hmm. like that, what I find um, isn't really explored a lot. It's sort of like the idea of sort of gender also being a feeling, right? So a feeling of masculinity, a feeling of femininity. And so like sort of those things are also like create how one sort of identifies as well, right? Like, mm-hmm. so it's not just, you know, based off of, you know, societal expectations or expectations are other people but like as well as sort of like how you feel about yourself which changes from moment to moment to moment right like and so when i see young men young straight men struggle the most is when they have feelings of vulnerability it doesn't sort of match up with their notions of what masculinity is right um you know so it creates this very like constrained um, ideal of sort of like what a man is supposed to be and exactly. that stuff just easily you know impacts all of their relationships you yeah. know um, how they choose to you know get help or not get help right or right. who they talk to and you know how they engage with people that they're attracted to as well right like so yeah but that I mean but that would require folks to sort of have those conversations in general right yeah and you bring up another good point just in terms of masculinity I attended a workshop just the other day where masculinity was one of the major themes and they got into a whole conversation about toxic masculinity mm-hmm. and the role that can play in the way that um, different genders actually interact with one another of course and so when you think about the idea of toxic masculinity and i mean if anyone wants to you know give a definition of what that is too that'll be helpful um but the idea of how toxic masculinity will interfere with um the the relations between people and particularly when it comes to i often think about um division labor in the household you know 
what do you see and how does that actually function or how is that a function of relationships? Right. Well, I, I think. Yeah, I mean, I, oh, okay. Go, go ahead. Go ahead, Dr. Jeff. No, no, no. Please go. Yeah. No, one, one of the things that came to mind when you talked about toxic masculinity was um, some of my work that I've done with the uh, prison population studying black fathers. One common theme that I noticed out of my data was that um, being locked up and dealing with other men and that particular notion, when I say other men, not just other inmates, but even with the COs and stuff mm -hmm. like that. We're talking about the whole concept of, you know, hegemonic domination, right? Mm -hmm. That spills into a different territory of what masculinity is, right? It's I have to overpower you on so many different levels, psychologically, right. emotionally. These are brothers who I was interviewing. They were talking about it's not just the physical domination, right? It's the psychological, it's the emotional part. So when you think about what you were talking about, um, Tariq, it's like I also study reentry. Then you have guys who are leaving the prison system, right? I'm thinking about what Dr. Jeff was talking about where vulnerability, right? So if you experience some form of oppression, right, and then you deal with the emotional, psychological stuff of dealing with other men, hegemonic domination, trying to dominate each other. Mm -hmm. So that easily spills over. I mean, you hear guys talk about, like, division of labor. It's like, yeah, I'm not doing that. Why would I need to do it? Like, right. I tell her to do it. And, right. you know, you have this aggressiveness that is very toxic, mm -hmm. right? Added on top of that, um, stripping men uh, one way or another through institutions like mass incarceration, that does not help, you know, when it comes to trying to clear up what gender roles are. Because now it's like, you know, um, our guest talked about it today. You have brothers who come out and their female partners are making more money than them. Well, mm -hmm. it makes sense, brother. You was locked up, <laughs> right? So you don't have the funds or the resources. So, right. yeah, you know, as Esther was saying, like, sh she has money. Let her pay the bill. Mm -hmm. But that vulnerability that, that Dr. Jeff was talking about, it cr that, that causes that insecurity to come out, and it is now toxic. Because now you don't know what your role is. Exactly. Because you, you typically define your role by how much you're contributing. Exactly. And for men, when you talk about contributions, they're think, thinking about financial right, contributions. Exactly. And their female counterpart would be the household contributions. Exactly. You know, and so if you don't, if you're not contributing financially, it's like, okay, well, what am I supposed to do now? Mm -hmm. You know, and that's where that insecurity comes yeah. out. Yeah. And I think that it's that power differential, which is mm -hmm. right. when I'm working with couples, it's always becomes household chores become about power. It's yeah, not. Of course. A, it's not about practicality, mm -hmm. right? Like the, <laughs> practically speaking, I'm a better cook. I'm going to cook. Like. Right it becomes conflictual when it becomes an issue of power. Who decides who does what? Right. What are my options? If I don't do it, then you know it becomes a, mm -hmm. there's a problem or whatever it is. And so I think for men in particular, it is about figuring out, being able to answer that question. Mm -hmm. How else do I contribute? And I think exactly. the reality is that whether you contribute financially or not, the expectation for most women or from, frankly, across the board, for most relationships in 2018 and going forward, is that you need to contribute more than exactly. tangible things. Mm -hmm. But you know, the funny thing is, you know, when you study provider roles and you understand that, particularly in the black community, black women have always worked. Black women have worked side yes. by side with black men since enslavement. Exactly. You know, side exactly. by side in the fields. Mm -hmm. um, there were times throughout history where a black man might not be able to find a job, so um, they were dependent on the, the woman to actually mm -hmm. have a job. And so, you know, this idea that men have these one roles and, you know, we just provide and, you know, women, you know, hold down the fort at home has never really been a reality for the black family. Yeah. And so where is it that we get this idea, particularly for, you know, for black couples, that um, women have one set of roles and men do as well when it has not been our reality? 
I when you stepped out of the room for a minute, um, but I I was but I had touched on the fact that you know sometimes like we have to think about women and where they're financially financially um where they are and men um and where they are and women have have to communicate that their goal is for a man to at least be able to self-sustain himself Mm -hmm. not that we want that Mm -hmm. we don't it's not Not a million dollars you don't have to make a million dollars but i've worked hard (laughs) to get to where i am in my career i've I've worked i've worked hard you know to get this education um and i just need to know that you are able to sustain yourself right now and as we move forward that you're going to be able to continue to sustain and if anything happens to either one of us we're not everything's not going to fall apart financially but what happens when you have a woman making so much more money than him and so it's not even just about sustaining but it's about trying to keep up and that he doesn't have the resources the financial resources to keep up with her particular lifestyle and so now it becomes more about contributing something else other than just finances because there's no way you'll ever be able to keep up if she's making two hundred thousand dollars and you have a twenty five thousand dollar job there's no way it's going to, you know. Man, if that was me, up. I would be happy, man. If my fiance was making $200,000, I would sit down and I would be very, very happy and I'll do whatever else I need. Rub the feet, do whatever. I'll do it. But That's you are rare. Right but you are rare. Yeah, I'm very comfortable. You are right. rare, but you are rare. Mm-hmm. You are so rare. And and the challenge is, is and we go back to that the issue of toxic masculinity. Right, yeah, of course. Men are not e- taught to be emotionally stable of course and that takes some emotional awareness of course and you know some self you know reflection and the ability the ability to accept okay my woman makes more than me and so that means i can be um the caretaker to the children i can be the one to cut the lawn i can be the one and i I always say that i really really don't like when men are only seen as a paycheck Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, right. Yes. Um, but unfortunately, but unfortunately, in our society, that paycheck drives people. I, it's it's you know, but like you know, when we talk about like not seeing black fathers, and you mm-hmm. know, I'm like, well, in my community, I see all the black fathers. They be <laughs> yeah. taking the kids to school, right. and you know, and everything. Right. So that's huge. You know, right. you, that's you know, you don't have to pay for childcare. You know, whatever. So I think there's ways to contribute, but a lot of men don't understand yeah, that course. that also contributes to being masculine as right, well right right and I, th- and I think women have the same struggle but to, you know to re- to your point earlier about the why do we as- we measure our relationships on a model that is actually not historically accurate right. for our that's a really good point exactly. and no, so really we are trying to achieve a certain instead of actually understanding the value of like for most black families historically in this country it was much more equal division of labor. And it's not to dismiss that there were other things, but that there was more equal division of labor because Mm -hmm. that was essentially, we live in a society that forced that to happen. If you wanted your family to be taken care of, then it often did mean that like the wife was working Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. the father needed to be more involved and he needed to cook and he needs to do those things. Mm -hmm. But we are using basically a skewed measuring stick 
And so everybody feels like they're not doing enough. And I think, and it does go both ways and to understand how much men and women ingrain that concept. And so we're really judging each other mm-hmm. and our relationships on this measure that's not real. That's not real. One of the things I find, especially working with couples, is that often what, I, what happens is because this whole idea of masculinity and what these gender roles are, um, a lot of men think that, okay, though, still think that the house is the woman's domain. And so when they do contribute, they figure that they're helping out. Mm-hmm. They're That's not taking point. responsibility yeah. for this is your household as well. Exactly. And having to have a conversation with them is, okay, well, you get tired of your wife getting on you about not doing things around the house. Well, if you took responsibility for yourself and did that, she wouldn't get on you. Right. He's like, well, you know, well, I should help her out. No, you're not helping her out because this is your house as well. Th- this is your domain right. as right. well. And right. so you're, you're really helping yourself out. Right. By well, well, after yeah. yourself. Well, yes. I think, uh, what I think the problem is like you flip what you said on its head. I think, I think that's where the male ego is getting into a lot of trouble, which is you take what you said, you flip it, and you say most men would say, well, Tariq, honestly, like my wife doesn't come to work with me and help me get the paycheck. So, you know, it's this whole concept of you're talking about division of labor, right? Mm-hmm. But what people need to understand, particularly a, a lot of men need to work through this whole notion of labor, doesn't end and stop at certain points. Right. You're sharing a life. This right. is a partnership. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. There isn't this boundary that like it's set in front of you where the where you and your partner keep walking and then as a man you stop and then she keeps going mm-hmm. in terms of what should be shared or what should be divided. That leaves a lot of like if you if you think about what I just said at a visual level, that creates a lot of loneliness. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it's a very long yeah. walk for our female partners to continue to walk and say to themselves, well, we should be walking this together. You're like, oh, no, I'm, I'm, I went to work. Mm-hmm. I did what I had to but do. But so did she. Yeah, and, of course. And, and this happens in cases <laughs> where the wife is making as much money or more I'm than you. Yeah. the man. I'm too. telling you, double shifts. Right. Yeah. And even in the cases where the woman does, is not working outside yeah, it, the home, right. I think that there's also this disconnect between this idea of like, well, if That's I if I was single, I would still have this job and I would still go to work, right, but you're not single. Mm-hmm. You're married to somebody right. and therefore you have this house. And if you have children, you have these children, which yeah, means exactly. that whatever your partner does at home allows you to be successful. You go to work and you're able to focus on work and you're able to devote extra work extra hours or whatever it is that you do to further a career. Mm-hmm. Because you have a life partner, male or female, mm-hmm. who holds down your household mm-hmm. and the rest of your life for you, that picks up dry cleaning, that cooks mm-hmm. dinner, that takes care of your kid, whatever it is that they do. And sort of we diminish that part once people couple up. Because mm-hmm. I talk to plenty of single people and they're like, oh, I'm so tired and life, you know, it's hard out here. Right, right. I don't want to <laughs> cook dinner again. <laughs> they're basically waiting to meet somebody to take over that part for them. Exactly. The they don't want to do. Exactly. Right. And so I, I do get into a little bit of, which feeds that ego issue because what men don't understand oftentimes is when you relegate your female partner to that role, exactly. she becomes more like your mom. Exactly. And so, exactly. so you get the benefits of being mothered. Right. But that wow. also creates resentment because your mom has more power than you do. Mm-hmm. Right. And so you you it's are constantly vying to establish your sense of power and masculinity right. because you've essentially placed your wife or your girlfriend or whoever you are with in a mothering role. Right. 
That that um, speaks also to the uh, divide between you know the woman making more money mm-hmm. than than the guy because um, there becomes this tension or this you know these mm-hmm. feelings of uh, animosity um, from the guy to the woman because. Um, he's feeling like inadequate. He's feeling inadequate. And then it's like, she uh, ends up sometimes because they haven't had a conversation. Mm -hmm. um, She's making more decisions um, that he has kind of either shied away from or won't step up to participate in. Mm -hmm. Um, And so then it becomes like, okay. And and the woman becomes, you know, she starts to have some animosity because like, okay, what are you doing? I'm I'm, I'm doing Mm -hmm. this by myself. So there's this huge, you know, contention between the two of them because of that. Well, you know, it's interesting, even having same sex couples, you know, I, I remember I was in a barbershop talk a few weeks ago and one of the sisters in there was talking about her girlfriend and how her girlfriend wasn't as active as she needed to be. You mm-hmm. know, and so she's like, you know, oh, how do I push her? I was there. You remember, you remember yeah, that? Yeah, I one? remember her. Yeah, you know, <laughs> how do I push her? How do I get to her to do this? You know, I'm the one making the money. I'm mm-hmm. working here, and so you see this the same the same kind of dynamics happening with same sex couples. But then it's like, okay, so when you talk about same sex couples, who? I mean, how do you make? The yeah, decision? how do you make the decision? I, I was thinking the same thing. Right. right. Yeah. How yeah. does that yeah. happen? Anybody? Dr. Oh, Dr. Jeffrey? I really liked what Dr. Jeffrey said earlier about the feeling. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know, right? Like, I don't. I think it's, um, while I was listening to you all talk, the only thing I can sort of think about is sort of like how complicit we all are mm. in this situation when yeah. we're talking about toxic masculinity and um, and what the sister said about like sort of we're, you know, trying to apply a model or, or measure ourselves based to another cultural model, which is like white supremacy and white domination right. and white men and right. stuff right. like that. Like that stuff doesn't really necessarily work for us in any given situation, but we still do things like I was at a home visit and working with a client and, you know, and um, the mom made sure that all the men ate first and then she fixed herself the plate. Right. Mm-hmm, like, right. So it's still like we reinforce those roles and they're very nuanced in some ways. Right. And it still shows up in um, same thing for like queer couples as well. Right. Like it's, you know, regardless, I think it's more, I think when you're talking about um, gender roles and black folks, right? Like it's a combination of the two, right? Like it's not just, you know, the sex, the sexual um, orientation. It's, it's uh, you know, it's also how they see themselves as a black woman or as a black man or as a queer black man or as a, um, a black lesbian or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. Like those things also sort of inform how they perform they're different gender roles as well, right? I, I, are, you, are you having snacks back there, bro? Are, are you eating snacks on the, on the air? What is that we're doing Look, now? Leave the man alone. He's in there. He's waxing poetic and having a snack. I can't blame you, Dr. Jeff. You do what you do. Don't listen to Brother Rick. I, I think that it goes I think that goes back to my, my point about matching effort. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. You know, it, it's and just, being intentional about it. And being mm-hmm. intentional about it. Like, mm-hmm. if, you know, whatever your gender, whatever your sex is, or, you know, what you identify as, you want somebody that's going to match your effort. Right, right. And know mm-hmm. that you're not going to be carrying the load all by yourself, be it financial, be it, you know, um, at home, whatever. You want somebody that you know that, you know, when I get tired, I know you can pick up the mantle exactly. and keep on going, mm-hmm. you know. Right. Um, are there ways that that we kind of establish these gender roles that are of our own doing? 
especially when it comes to when we're forming relationships with people, are we doing things specifically ourselves that are kind of informing um, how we end up interacting with one another that's I'm, unhealthy? I yeah. would say, I mean, absolutely, okay. right? Yeah. That's and, what we and, do. And what, what are some <laughs> of those things? What are some of those things? Well, I think we, I think back to the piece about being really intentional and doing some of the the self work of, of recognizing all of the things that we grew up ingrained in ourselves right. that we bring to, especially like when we just start dating, like this is what it means to be a woman. This is what it means to be a man. This is what it, you know, and so I want to do those things to woo this other person. And so at the beginning of the relationship, you know, you are doing things, you're, you're whatever, whatever your story is, right? Like, so you're cooking and, you know, you stop by his place and, you know, he, He's got some stuff out. You clean it up for him, mm -hmm. like whatever that thing is in your head, or you oh, know, as a man, good. you do that stuff. No, oh, <laughs> I've done a lot of self work. I know what those ingrained messages are. I don't be doing that. Like, so you stopped. Is what you're saying? Yes, I don't do that anymore. Okay. Right. That's not a thing that I do. <laughs> but I'm wondering too, though. Are the? I think. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I, I think Joe. that. Um, I think something that we sort of underestimate sometimes is the amount of. Uh, relational trauma that happens that yeah. sort of influences yes. how yeah. how we um, go about forming relationships, like, right? Because like like, I don't think that yeah, I don't think that it always sort of matches up with what we hope or want from a partner, sure. right? And I think the the relational trauma sort of um, hinders us from being able to communicate that in some way, yeah. right? What, like what you, based what? off of whatever type of insecurity or vulnerability one might feel right like and i think especially amongst working with uh queer couples specifically like the relational trauma around sort of like being ostracized by you know sort of your, your community and your mm. family mm. and stuff like mm. that definitely impacts and shapes how they make themselves present in their relationships right right yeah, yeah. i think that's a real i think that's a really important point and um it makes it suddenly sort of made me think about. I, I do work with a lot of singles around dating issues, and mm -hmm. you know, I, I get a lot of black women of a certain age where it's like, well, there's no black men, you know, like sure. all of these. But they also ha bring with them these experiences mm -hmm. and these, right. you know, stories from you know, moms and grandmas and aunts yeah. about what you have to be or right, ha right. being in relationships with, you know, men early in their lives, and right. the same thing for men of you know, and so exactly. showing up in a way that basically is like, yeah. I just want to do all the right things so that I don't lose this person. Right. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I think one thing that comes to mind, um, just taking what Esther, Esther said and also what Dr. Jeff said, I, one thing I've noticed as a marriage and family therapist, believe it or not, and this is not me, um, you know, trying to be insensitive, but yeah, right. Uh, right. <laughs> but if you think about it, a lot of folks, not just our clients, people are rigid about a lot. And one of those things are relationships. Mm -hmm. They are, whether it's relational trauma, whether it's hearing what grandma and, and great grandma mm -hmm. went through and stuff like that. We've also, you know, people date. So we go through our own experiences. And so by the time we we are doing that self-work, right? It's how open, right? You, you can do all the work you can, but how open are you now? This is 2018, right? This isn't mom's time when she was dating or dad, grandpa's time when he was dating, right? We were talking about that earlier. It's you have to be open and a little bit more fluid.